The reading this morning is from Psalm 2, which can be found on page 543 of the Church Bibles. That's Psalm 2 on page 543. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. It's the word of the Lord. Hi everyone. It's so wonderful to be able to celebrate a Thanksgiving today. Really, really joyful. But the best thing we're doing today is actually what we do every week. We read the Bible, we listen to what God says in it, and we seek to be transformed by it. Uh, This term, we're learning to worship through the book of Psalms, and it just so happens that today we've turned to Psalm 2. And uh, my prayer is that we would all be blessed by it. Her Majesty the Queen's funeral was a sight like absolutely no other, wasn't it? It's probably the most watched event in human history. Some of you I know were there in person. You were just like two metres away from the procession, experiencing the grandeur and the mourning firsthand. But even for the rest of us sitting at home watching, it was hard not to be moved by the poignant glory of it all. My highlight personally was the moment when the coffin first entered into Westminster Abbey. And the whole building sort of echoed with this heavenly singing, I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever believeth in me shall never die. Magnificent words of Jesus there, sung so beautifully. And I'm sure that each of you are going to have moments etched in your memory permanently from that day. There is so much that we could reflect on. But as I've been preparing Psalm 2 this week, there's one aspect, one picture, one image from that funeral that has really stuck in my mind. Can you imagine being Justin Welby on that day? You, um, you're wearing your funky hat and your funky robes. I'm sorry I left mine behind today. Uh, and you step up into the pulpit and you look out at the people in the room, as I'm doing now, and, and who do you see? Joe Biden. Emmanuel Macron, Jacinda Ardern, Emperor Naruhito, Ursula von der Leyen. You're looking at the room that rules the world, aren't you? Between them, 
their words and decisions can alter the futures of billions. They can declare war or pursue peace. They can provide or they can take. They can decide what is right and wrong. That room ruled the world. Now, how does that make you feel? Do you feel safe knowing that they're in charge? Do you feel secure knowing that we have to trust them for all the chaos in the world? I I don't know about you, but I can feel even now just saying those words, anxiety sort of clutching at my heart. But the psalm we just read offers a different way of, of viewing the world. It offers us safety and security that we all long for. A friend of mine told me about a William Shakespeare quote hanging in a pub uh, not too far from here. Here's the quote. I would give all my fame for a pot of ale and safety. I would give all my fame for a pot of ale and safety. It's an odd thing to say, but it reflects a a sort of longing for security that all of us have in an anxiety-filled world So let's discover this different way of understanding the world according to Psalm 2. I think we can sum it up in three, in one sentence that has three parts that's going to come up on the screen now. Earth's kings rebel, but God's king reigns, so be wise and be warned. First, Earth's kings rebel. I was really encouraged to hear Justin Welby say of King Charles that he shares his mother's faith. But I think we all recognize that the privilege of having a queen that serves Jesus has been a rare blessing for the past 70 years. When it comes to the world's powerful elites, the sort of attitude described in verses 1 to 3 is far more common. Um, Let me read those to you. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Here we see nations, peoples, kings, and rulers conspiring, plotting, rising up, and banding together. This is describing powerful people forming a rebellion. Now, we love stories about rebellion. Um, Les Miserables, it's uh, set in the time of the French Revolution, where the, uh, the, the people are seeking to overthrow the oppressive, wealthy upper class. Or Hamilton, it's set at the time of the birth of the United States of America, where the, um, the oppressive, extortionate British rule is being overthrown. We love those stories of rebellion. And so when we, when we get to hear the song of rebellion in verse 3 here, it sounds like a really good thing that we want to get behind. Let us break their chains. Let us throw off their shackles. It's a cry of freedom, isn't it? We want to get behind it. But this isn't Les Mis or Hamilton. This is powerful people rebelling against the Lord and his anointed. Think about this with me. A world leader who sees themselves as accountable to the justice of a good, fair, loving God is a really good thing. It's a really good thing. That accountability puts a limit on their authority. It puts a limit on their pride. That accountability is a restraint against uncontrolled evil. 
Um, In the case of our queen, she saw herself as a servant of Jesus, and that resulted in a life of service to her subjects, us. Though she she was queen, she knew that she was accountable to God, and so she acted accordingly. However, the kings of the earth here want to get rid of all that, break his chains, throw off his shackles, then we can decide what's right and wrong, then we can decide how to treat our subjects, then we can act like we're gods. By rebelling against the God of the Bible, they're also rebelling against love, mercy, and justice. Maybe we shouldn't be quite so keen for this rebellion to succeed. Sadly, we see this illustrated so painfully in the life of Vladimir Putin at the moment. Sure, he claims some kind of notional allegiance to the Russian Orthodox Church when it suits him, but his despicable actions show that he does not see himself as a person under God's reign. His way of life certainly shows that he doesn't see himself as accountable to God one day. And of course, he's just one of of many powerful people in this rebellion. We do live in a scary, unstable world in that sense. If these people are, are who rules the world, then no wonder we feel anxious or despair even over our own nation. We see the injustice done by those in power and we cry out for justice. It's not right. It's not fair. But verse 1 also says their plotting is in vain. Earth's kings rebel, but second part, God's king reigns. When we see powerful people acting like they're gods, we are understandably anxious, but know that the Lord isn't shaking in his boots. Verse 4 says he laughs, he scoffs at them. The idea that they could ever overthrow him is ridiculous. The idea that they could ever escape the consequences for their evil actions is laughable. He's the one enthroned in heaven, so however high they build their towers, they will never compare to him. In verses 5 to 9, first the Lord speaks and then the king speaks. Notice that God isn't indifferent to evil and rebellion when it comes up in the world. In verse 5, God is angry. When you next see something on the news that makes you rage against the injustice in the world, know that God is with you in that. He's full of wrath when he says these words. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Who's that king? Who is this king? In the history of Old Testament Israel, uh, that king is sort of David, sort of Solomon, and sort of every other king that follows after them. God promised that he would be a father to those kings, and they would be sons to him. To a certain extent, all of them could say, verse 7, is true of them, the moment the crown touched their heads. But it's especially true of Jesus. He was everything that these kings should have been all along. Of course, um, he was uh, with the Father through all eternity as son. But verse 7 describes the moment he was crowned as king of God's people. God's king is Jesus. And this is a terrifying thing for powerful people who act like they're gods. In verses 8 and 9, God says to his son, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, 
the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Um, Let's be honest here, this is a little bit violent for a Thanksgiving service, isn't it? Um, But in a world of outrageous injustice, it is so good to know that the story ends with perfect justice. At the moment, powerful oppressors are getting away with it, aren't they? We see what's happened in occupied towns in Ukraine, and our blood boils with rage. We cry out for something to be done. But in the end, every wrong will be made right. In the end, no one gets away with anything. In the end, Jesus reigns and they will all be held accountable for what they've done. Earth's kings rebel, but God's king reigns. Now we've made it to the final part of our summary sentence. Um, The last bit. So be wise and be warned. That's what verse 10 says. Therefore, you kings... Be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. What is the wise counsel for these powerful people to take? First, rule like a servant. Uh, We see that in verse 11. Rule like a servant. Give up the vain rebellion against the Lord, and in fear and trembling, serve. Because in the end, they'll be held accountable to God. And the second instruction is kiss his son. Um, This is again referring to the king, Jesus. Picture a medieval English king sitting in his castle on his throne. A local official comes in. How is this official going to show his allegiance? How is he going to show that he's submitting? He's going to bow and he's going to kiss the, uh, the ring on the finger of the king. That's the sort of kiss in mind here. Giving your allegiance, giving your submission to King Jesus. Uh, That's the be wise, but what about the be warned? Just in case they haven't picked it up already, there are consequences for not giving allegiance to Jesus. Again, the rest of verse 12, kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. Kings of the earth, be wise, be warned. But what does that mean for us? I'm not a king, I don't think you're a king, but we're in the same boat as them. We are, and this is uncomfortable. We love the idea of those in power being held accountable. The less comfortable truth is that we're accountable to God too. When others have done wrong, we cry out for justice. But what about when we are the ones who have done wrong? We love to cast ourselves in either the role of victim or ally, but an honest assessment of ourselves shows that we are simultaneously both victim and oppressor. In our own little ways, each of us has joined the rebellion against God. We join the kings of the earth saying, break his chains, throw off his shackles. Then I can decide what's right and wrong. Then I can decide how to treat my subjects. Then I can act like I'm a god. So their same route to destruction is also ours. But I said at the start of this psalm that it would offer us safety and security. I'm not doing a particularly good job of that so far. Um, We started off being uh, worried and now we're more worried. A world ruled by 
Uh, All those people at the Queen's funeral seems chaotic. It seems dangerous. A world ruled by Jesus seems like it will end with justice, but it might mean my own destruction. No wonder we're anxious. But thankfully, Psalm 2 doesn't end in anger. The bottom line is this. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. A refuge is a safe place. It's a shelter from the storm. And I'm Welsh, so I know what storms and rain are like. Um, I couldn't believe how little it rains when I came here. Um, For a whole year, I met up with somebody in a park every single Monday morning, and it only got rained off once, and that would be impossible where I'm from. The rainstorms come sweeping in from the southwest, and for 80% of the year, we are just drenched in Wales. Unless, of course, you live in a rain shadow. That is, if you live on the northeast side of a mountain, the storm comes sweeping in and uh, the, the clouds are sort of forced upwards. So all the water vapor, it cools and it condenses and it all drops, drenching that side of the mountain. Everything on the other side of the mountain, in the rain shadow, is dry and calm. That side of the mountain is a refuge from the storm. This invitation to take refuge in Jesus is an invitation to live in his rain shadow. Jesus is the sort of king who would die for his people. One day he walked up a hill called Calvary to a cross and God's judgment, God's justice, righting every wrong came sweeping in like a storm and it all drenched him. It all fell on Jesus. He took it all so that anyone who shelters in his rain shadow behind the cross can be safe. That is the refuge. That is the safe place for anyone that gives their allegiance to Jesus, for anyone that submits to him as king, asking him for forgiveness. We are safe behind his cross, secure forever whatever storm may come, even the ultimate storm of justice at the end of life. If you have taken refuge in Jesus, I just want you to feel the safety and security that is yours in Christ. Whatever chaos world leaders are causing at the moment, know that in the end, Jesus will right that wrong. And whatever wrong you may have done, know that behind Jesus, you are safe. Justice will be done, but you will be secure, blessed forever in eternal life. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you offer us safety and security in an anxiety-filled world. We thank you that Jesus is the sort of king that doesn't look out for himself, but looks out for people like us. Thank you that all of us are welcome in his rain shadow. Thank you that he took the punishment that our sins deserve. I pray that all of us would celebrate his reign. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
we're going 